Simplified Chaos, episode Room 112, Where the Players Dwell. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to help you lead a more intentional life. This is Simplified Chaos. Never listened to 112 back in the day? What is that? Oh, come on. It was Bad Boy. Uh, Peaches and Cream, 112. Oh my gosh. Come on. (laughs) Like the song? Yeah. Peaches and Cream, know what I mean? Yeah, that was by 112. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) What a great way to start an episode. Uh, I'm sure there's other people like, yeah, Jill, I don't know who that is either. I don't know what that is. Yep. You want to go ahead and introduce ourselves? Yeah, okay. I'm Jill. <laughs> and Jill doesn't know 90s pop. <laughs> I do. I just, I didn't know the name of that band. All right. Hey, guys, I'm Jillian, and I'm with my husband and co-host, Nicholas. What's going on, folks? Hope you all are having a wonderful week. This is part one of a double dip today. We got two episodes for you. Double, double, double dip. That's right. And this one is extra special because it is an interview episode. Jilly, who'd you talk to this week? Oh my gosh. Or last week? You sound so corny. I know. I I love the cheese. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Cheddar. Okay. So I don't do much talking in this episode, so I got to just lay it on at the beginning. (laughs) I get it. I get it. Um. This episode is phenomenal. I chat with Amanda Reeder. Crazy story. Um, I ran, I met her at a teaching convention and we kind of stayed in contact via instant um, instant message, not Instagram. AIM. Holy shit. <laughs> bring it back. Why did I say that? <laughs> uh, maybe it was the 90 pop, 90s pop reference at the beginning. I don't know. Could have been. Uh, so, Shout out AOL. <laughs> Dial up service. Anyway, so such a crazy world how i met her at a teaching convention and we kind of like stayed in contact ever since and she is just such a badass um so to give you like a little backstory on her she is the founder of pretty little style blog she's a fashion and lifestyle blogger from nashville tennessee um she is so fun she has such an outgoing personality and her goal is to help women feel confident one outfit at a time and she believes happiness never goes out of style i love that she wrote that on her uh on her blog um she is just all about like self-care she's a true believer in just like being your best self like not letting anything hold you back she shares so many amazing stories of like how she was a teacher and why she's making this transition into blogging and now she's into real estate and just doing everything she possibly can that aligns with what she wants out of life and she's not taking any bullshit and I love it so much because she's so raw she's so authentic and we just have a really chill conversation that I feel like everyone can relate to so I'm so excited for everyone to listen to our conversation awesome well this sounds like a very exciting episode Hope you all are ready. Grab your popcorn, pay attention to the road, and here we go with our interview with Amanda. So welcome to the podcast, Amanda. I'm so pumped to have you. So to give a little background uh, for our listeners, uh, we first met, I think that was last winter. Was that February or March? Was yep, it was uh, mid-February. 
Yeah. It was right before I think the pandemic started. Um, We met at a teacher's convention and chatted briefly. I heard that, you know, you were leaving the teaching field and you were so vibrant, like your energy is so magnetic. You probably get that a lot just because you're very outgoing and you're so easy (laughs) to talk to. And you were just telling me how, you know, you were leaving the teacher profession. And I was like, kind of like telling you that, yeah, I'm thinking about getting out now too. This was like my last hurrah. Right. Um, I think it's so funny that like, I just, it's crazy how the Lord brings people like that together. Cause I told my husband the same thing. I was like, this is the girl I met last year. And we like confessed that we weren't going to be teachers anymore after this awesome convention. And I said, this is the, how I know that I am ready to leave. Cause I, I still don't like teaching. So, yeah, no, I feel you. It was like, there was a lot, it was a lot of great energy and I could see them trying to like gamify standardized testing and making yeah. the most of it. And I'm just like, I tried that and I can only, it's not authentically me anymore. And it's weird faking it right. yep. in front of the kids. So I feel like we kind of connected on that. Like we were just seeing you know, a different side of us as like, you know, teaching was in my life. And now I'm like ready to experiment, try something new. And I think, I don't know, coming from my parents' generation hearing, you know, once you get a job, like you stay in that job till you retire. And that like freaks the hell out of me thinking about, you know, if I'm not happy, like, I don't want to stay in this job just because of the benefits, just because of the the pension. And right. I don't know. But anyway, um, so that is like a little backstory on how we met. Um, And now you have like, I mean, you kind of had your own blog going before, but you're like a lifestyle blogger and now you're into real estate. And I'm just like so fascinated about your story, like where it started. And, um, oh my God, I completely forgot. We always start with a gratitude segment. So before I'm just so pumped to hear your story no, you're good. Yeah, um, you're good. before we get started, if you wouldn't mind just sharing, uh, we always start uh, each episode, one thing that you're grateful for today. So I am very grateful for, um, I guess the flexibility I have now, I never had flexible, like a flexible schedule like I do now, because with teaching, um, I mean, you do, you have quote unquote, your summers off, but you're still working. Um, and now I get to do whatever the hell I want to do all the time. So if I want to work that day, I can't, I mean, within reason with real estate, that's really not the case either, but, um, you know, I get to make as much money as I want to make or not make as much money as I want to make and be a mom. So I, I love, I'm very thankful for my schedule right now. Love it. Yes. Um, (laughs) I'm, and I'm just, I'm going to be super obvious. I'm grateful that you said yes to meeting me and just doing this conversation. I know Mm -hmm. that you're probably a busy lady and you could be (laughs) blogging and like doing all your cute tutorials with your, your clothes. I'm like, I don't even know how you do that. All the video stuff. I'm like blown away. I'm like, I don't know how people do this. Like, (laughs) it's just so fun to watch and and it's very entertaining. And I'm like, I appreciate the the love. (laughs) It's so awesome. Um, but yeah, so I want to dive into where, however far back you want to start, just, I just want to hear like how you came to be where you are right now. And just like all of the highs, the lows, like whatever you experienced, um, I would just love for you to share it all. Okay. So I started my blog back in 2019, I think. Yeah. January 1st, 2019. And honestly, it was more of like, I had been I didn't even know what blogging was. Honestly, I just thought it was like people writing on the computer. And I was like, I've never, I thought it was older generation for bloggers. And um, now I'm kicking myself in the butt because all these girls who are like almost to a million followers started when, and they're all my age and they started when they're in college. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have like got on that train earlier, but you know, never too late to start something new. But uh, so I started a home decor account in 2019, January, and did that for a while and realized, I guess I had a niche for home decor. 
And then in October of 2019, I said, Ooh, there's only so many home projects you can do without your husband. My husband's schedule is super busy. Um, he's a home inspector. So he, and with the Nashville market, it's freaking crazy here. So he is working constantly and he owns his own business. So um, I, in October of 2019, I said, Hey, I'm going to switch it over to fashion. Cause I love shopping, love, love, love shopping. <laughs> so, um, decided to switch it over to fashion and because there's not a lot of bloggers that look like me. Um, they're mm. not, uh, not a lot of blogger, which I feel like it's not that way now. I feel like there's a lot of mid-sized bloggers now, but there's not a lot of bloggers who look like me, who, um, have the confidence that I do. Um, not because it's not even because of my quote unquote size. Cause I also hate when people are like, she's so confident, even though she's not a size two, I'm like, no, I'm confident because I know that I'm beautiful. And I know I have a lot to offer to the world because there's one Amanda reader in the world. So, um, you know, and I know that I have that to offer. And, um, so yeah, started doing fashion blog and I got connected with some other bloggers who took the time out to like, come back to me and reach out and like respond back to my messages um, which I'm super grateful for now, but, and then from there, I decided I didn't want to be a teacher anymore and I needed to find something that would supplement my teaching income. And so that's where real estate came into play, uh, because Nashville is such a, uh, crazy real estate market right now, which I feel like is like across the country right now, people want to move and spend all the stimulus checks and all that stuff oh, with wow. moving. <laughs> so um, Nashville has a lot of uh, incoming traffic from other states and uh, Tennessee is like the hot spot to be at right now. Um, so my husband knew that real estate would get me where I needed to be at financially to make up my teaching income. And so that's what, and it's flexible, quote unquote, you know, kind of flexible um, within reason. So that is why I decided to go with real estate and um, cause I knew I could do that along with doing the blogging gig as well. Cause with blogging, you don't make a ton of money at first. So is, would you say the real estate is kind of like, it's not something that like, you're super passionate about, but you're kind of using it as a vehicle to kind of supplement, to get you where you want to be as far as like with your blog and all the, the fashion. Yes, for sure. So real estate's not bad. Um, it's still like, you're at somebody else's beck and call, obviously, because with here, you can't like really say like, oh, hold on, we'll go see the house tomorrow. It's like, oh, we got to go see the house in like an hour. So, um, you know, and I experienced that really yesterday because I was I had a I had a day knock to knock out my blogging content for next week. And yesterday I had a client that reached out and was like, hey, I really want to go see this house. It's an hour away from me. And I said, OK. And like, I can't tell them no, obviously. Um, and I, and I do enjoy real estate, but it's not, it's definitely not, I'm not going to have a reader real estate company <laughs> anytime <laughs> soon. Passion. My passion is blogging. So, and helping women feel, see their worth and, um, you know, knowing that they're more than just a mom and a wife and that they can do things to make them feel super duper awesome as well. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was going to think about, um, I feel like when, like we're working with the real estate agent right now and. It, I, I, the whole decor thing, like, I feel like you just have an eye for detail and eye for just like, what's like, what's in style, like what right. looks great. I feel like you would have, you would be so good in the real estate when it comes to like selling and staging. Like I know our, like we're in the process of selling our home right now and our real estate agents, like, listen, we don't have a staging crew. And I like, no, I'm researching a bunch just to like put in our house what we need to have. But I feel like you'd be so good at like telling people like, yeah, get rid of that, buy that. Like, yeah. I feel like yeah. you would be like the go-to real estate agent be like, help me stage my house. So it sells because I have no idea what I'm doing. Yes. And that definitely down the road, my mom says the same thing. She's like, you would be so good at that. And I'm like, 
Uh, yes, I would like to do that like way further, probably when like the fashion thing isn't working out anymore, or if that doesn't, you know, if I get too old <laughs> to do that or whatever, but definitely, yeah, I would love to do that. Just the art side, the art side of it's fun and the creative pieces to it and stuff like that, but it costs a lot of money to do that. <laughs> ah, I feel you. Does but, it cost a lot of money to be a flat, a fashion, a fashion blogger? I was always curious because I always see your outfits and they're always seem new. I'm like, I wonder like, what is the investment that goes into that? I have no idea. So it does. I mean, it's definitely not cheap. Um, a lot of, at first when I started, um, I, I like bought my own clothes obviously, and then styled them to where I could like maximize each outfit to, and cause people want to see that too. They want to see um, how you can get the most bang for your buck with an outfit and not like the new trendiest pieces every single week. Cause this is not realistic as a wife and as a mom. And um, so now that I've been doing it for a couple of years, uh, companies actually send me pieces to wear to represent them. And, and that's how I market. And that's how I have a lot of my clothes. Um, and recently I've bought some pieces from like new stores just to try them out and like have a little bit more versatile options for my audience. But, uh, typically the, the company send me the clothes and I, and I show them off to them. That's so wild. So have you told any companies that like, do you have, I guess that opportunity where you're like, you can like shut down people like, you know what? I don't really like your company. Like, have you ever been in that place yet? Or is it just kind of like, I'm just doing it all just to see what lands. So, um, I've not really had too many situations um, where I've had to be like, Hey, this isn't really working for me. Or like, this isn't working for my skin. Cause I, you know, I'm, I mess with skincare companies too. Okay. Um, but no, I've not really had any situations where it's been like, this isn't working for me. But of course, if I did, I wouldn't be like, this is super duper awesome. Even though I never, ever use it. Um, I always make sure I tell my audience like, Hey, this is something that like, you probably don't need to invest in. Cause it's like super poor quality. Um, uh, or I tell them like, especially with fashion pieces from a certain brand, I always tell them like, Hey, this is not like an heirloom piece. This is a piece you're probably going to wear for like one season. And mm. then, but it is affordable. It's an affordable option. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love your honesty. Like you're just so real. Like you don't like, I feel like some, there's some people out there that just want to market to market, but I feel like you're authentic right. with how you do it. Like you tell the genuine story of like, Hey, this is what I feel. And yeah. this is why, like, you're just very like transparent with that. Right. Um, so, I mean, have you always felt this confident in being yourself? I feel like it took me a long time. Like I had to become a mom and I had to have like a year, like it, I feel like it's, I'm slowly growing more and more confident as I've become right. a mom. So um, when did you feel like you hit that spot? I don't know if it was like during when you were teaching or when you first became a mom, when did you like, or were you always just like, yeah, I'm Amanda Reader. Like I'm the shit. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will, I will say this. Like I didn't grow up with like a super confident background. Like when I was younger, um, and I think a lot of it stems from like that situation. And I'll tell you, Mike, this is so corny and cheesy. Um, I always tell people my husband saved, saved me and my confidence. I feel like because um, I did not have a super awesome dad uh, growing up and I didn't have like that super daddy daughter relationship that everybody cherishes and wants and stuff like that. But um, when I met my husband, I mean, he just made me feel like I still makes me feel like I'm a princess and a queen that walks into the room and um, I'm very, very blessed with a great husband because he makes me feel like I am, you know, the, I am the shit. And like, I, like, he loves how confident I am. He loves my curves. And like, you know, it's just, I, he's the reason he's one of the reasons why I am the way I am today. Plus I have a great supportive, uh, sisters. I have really good supportive family members that like make me feel, um, and I, you know, it's just, it's all about who you surround yourself with. If you surround yourself with like the negative people who like don't feel themselves and 
whatever, then you're not, you're going to be that person. You are who you, who you surround yourself with. And, um, my college friends support me in everything I do and cheer me on. And so I am very, very blessed with like a supportive, um, cheerleader group in my life because I choose that. Like you're, it's, I don't want to be like, it's an honor to hang out with Amanda Reader, but like, if you ain't my crew, like you ain't my crew. Like I just, just, you gotta be, you gotta be my cheerleader and I'm going to be a cheerleader for you. But if you ain't my cheerleader, you out. So love it. I love yeah. it so much. Um, <laughs> I mean, on the outside, I mean, and your, your, your life may be like super magical and like, you've never had any like real challenges, but I'm just always curious oh, girl, to hear no. like along the way, have you faced any like low lows, super challenges? Like I don't know what the hell I'm doing or I'm stuck or like, I don't know what to do next. Like, or just felt like in limbo. Like, have you, like, what have you faced along the way? Like in this journey? Um, so honestly, I mean, I felt like that last like month or two, to be honest with you, because, um, you see all these girls who come on to Instagram and, you know, they're the tall and blonde haired girls that, you know, you, you picture as Barbies whenever, and they're beautiful and they're nice and you meet them in real life and you wish that they were awful, but they're still nice in real life. They're beautiful and nice. It ain't fair. So, um, so, and they just started their blog, like not too long ago and they're already at 20,000 followers or, 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 uh, their engagement is at, is at seven point something percent and mine's at 2%. So it's like, those are the things that brands look at. And, um, I have a really, really, really hard time not comparing myself and not feeling not even the beautiful side of it. Cause I, I don't have a problem with like how I look. I love how I look. I'm very confident with my features it's the work ethic. It's like, am I not working hard enough? Am I not putting enough time into this when I know I am, you know, I'm up, I work from the sun up until sundown. And so, um, right now I would feel like it's my most, I don't want to say low time. A couple of weeks ago, I feel like I was at that point where I was like, why the hell am I doing this, this blogging gig? Like, am I not made for this? Uh, am I not good enough to work with these brands? Like whatever. And so, mm. Um, I had a coaching call this past week and I just signed on with an agency that's like helping me, uh, pitch to brands and stuff like that. And that has really bumped up my confidence a little bit, just to have like a team behind you that's, that sees what you're doing and that knows that like you got this and like, you can't handle it, you know? Yeah. That's like the social media is a blessing and a curse. It's girl. Yeah. It's a comparison. It's the comparison game. It's like, Oh, that, why did, why are they working with those brands or why, why did that, why are they working with that share group? Cause you see these little share groups on Instagram where like there's four or five bloggers together. And I'm like, well, why didn't I get asked to do that? And I'm like, why are you worried about that? Like you got to stay in your own lane. You got to, I was just going to say that, line. man, that, that expression is like so true, especially on social media. Like I feel like I have to be very purposeful when I get on now. Like I get on yeah. first either to post or to like reply to comments or to check my DMs. And then I have to get off because once I start scrolling and then like I go yeah. down that, that's like, or if I'm feeling a certain way, like yep. any kind of low, like don't get on social media because you're just going to feel worse. Right. Yeah. You have to, you, it has to be very purposeful and it has to be, um, you gotta, you gotta do the tunnel vision. You gotta put the blinders on and you gotta say, you know, Hey, the Lord has, um, put you in this person's life for some reason. And you're not going to be the same person as X, Y, and Z, because like your mind is not going to work the same as the person. What works for them is not going to work for you because you all have two different audiences. Mm. you know, and the people I'm comparing myself to, it's like, um, they're not even in the same ball field as me. They're not moms. They're not, um, uh, they haven't been out of school for 10 years. Like me, this is not their second career. Um, you know, so it's just all that I'm, I, it's a different ball field. So I'm like, why am I comparing apples to oranges right now? Yeah, no, it's so true for anything you do. It's like, yeah, just focus on you. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Goal. 
results, all the energy that you're putting into comparing, you got work, you got to put all that energy into what, you know, and make some kick-ass content with it. Yes. That's such a good, I, like anytime you could, I think that's a good mantra to have. Like anytime you find yourself drifting to compare, be like, let's drive that energy somewhere yes. else. And yeah. so true. So like through all of this, you know, I, I, I mean, I heard some great things like your husband and you have a great support group. Like what else like really fuels you to keep going? Like, how do you keep priming your mind to like, to just stay positive, to like to continue to grow. And it sounds like faith is, is big in your life too. So yes. I'm just wondering what other sources like fuel you to like, keep your mindset like primed with the good. So that way, when like you face those challenges, it's like, no, I got to redirect myself now. <laughs> right. Right. So I get up. Um, I think a lot of my, I guess, positive energy comes from like being prepared, um, in life, which sounds so silly, but like getting up 30 or 40 minutes before my kids get up and writing down my to-do list, writing down goals for today. Um, and then, you know, when you check those goals off, it's like, that feels good. You know, like it's like, oh, okay, I got that accomplished today. Cause I can tell you one thing, if that to-do list is still staring at me or heck, if I don't even have a to-do list, it's like that, that drains me. I'm like, man, I, what did I do today? It's like, mm. what did I, do? that was money producing today. And what did I do that was productive today to help me with my life for the week or whatever. Um, but I also work out, um, like three times a week, three, four times a week. Um, which also, I feel like if I don't work out, I feel like I'm not mentally, I don't feel good about myself. Um, you know, and it, even if it's just like a little 30 minute walking on the treadmill, your mind is your, your body's been active for the day. So I feel like that's super important as well. Um, and I, you know, I pray and just make sure that, and I just, you know, I really, really try hard to remember that, uh, God has a purpose for me for, to help, you know, serve others in my life and just remember that you're serving others. It's not to serve yourself. You're serving others. And how can I do that for the day? Love it so much. No, I completely agree. I'm, I'm in that phase right now where Lucille, like my daughter crawls into bed with me at like four in the morning oh gosh. and I have to sneak out of the bed. Yeah. I don't know if you can see my bedroom behind me, but yeah. it's like on the floor. So I'm literally like rolling out of the bed uh -huh. slowly just so she doesn't hear me. So I can wake up a little bit earlier. Cause I'm at that stage now where I'm not like fighting when she comes in. Cause I'm still kind of nursing ish. Absolutely. Yeah. You gotta do what works for you. Yeah. But when I am able to sneak out of bed and have like 20 minutes to myself in the morning with a cup of coffee. It is like the most beautiful thing for my headspace. So amazing. It's like one of those things that like, I want to keep up as soon as she stays in her bed most of yeah. the night yeah. um, because I can see that. And, and as far as your to-do list, like your goals, do you have like a specific direction when you do your goals? Like, is it, you know, I have these goals for self-care or I have these goals for work, or is it just like a big hodgepodge of everything. Like, do you have a certain strategy when you do write down your goals for like each day? So when I do do that, so, um, I would say I probably do like a, a categorize them where like we have the home goals, you know, where I'm like, okay, I, I need to do, I try, I do a load of laundry a day. It don't get put away, but I do a load of laundry a day. <laughs> <laughs> it might be in all baskets everywhere, but it's done. The, the kids have clean clothes. Um, and the husband has clean clothes. So that's number one. Um, and then, you know, I'll do make sure I also try and make sure the house is a little bit picked up either before I go to bed or I'll pick it up in the mornings. Um, uh, my roommates have not caught on to that yet, but when they do, it's a nice feeling when your house is like not in catastrophe, like, you know, my roommates don't understand that yet. So, um, Wait, you refer to your kids and your husband and your roommates. Yeah. My roommates, I don't understand. <laughs> they don't, they don't, they haven't caught on to the peaceful living. Of, <laughs> I love that so much. How my house, need, how our house needs to be organized. Everything needs to have a spot. Um, so I categorize it as a home, um, work, real estate stuff. 
And uh, I always try and like get myself like worked out, done at the beginning of the day. That way I know it's done. It is checked off my list. And like, I know that, um, oh, and I journal. So I journal before, you know, while the kids are still sleeping in the mornings, I journal and I have like a gratitude journal. Uh, I write down my Bible verse that goes with the gratitude journal. So it's a journal called uh, Write the Word. Um, super cute. And I just, I just write down whatever it's asking me to do or like how I, uh, what I got from the Bible verse I read that day. And then I'll, it'll say like, what's your word for the day? And I'll put, you know, however I'm feeling and, you know, whatever. So I'll do that in the mornings, take the kids to school and then get my workout done and then go on with my day. So I love that so much. Just, it's just having a word, like an intention for the day, just to kind of like set your mind in a certain way. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, I I can't get over roommates. That's hysterical that you call them your roommates. I love it so much. It reminds me. I haven't caught on to that yet. It reminds me of, uh, what's that movie, uh, where Will Ferrell is living with his mom. Oh, like they're the wedding crashers and he calls oh, yeah. him his, yeah, his roommate. Yes. And he's like, Ma! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, like, if you don't mind me asking your house, like how big is your home that you live in? It sounds like you got a lot oh going gosh, it's on. It's too big. It's like, and I'm like, and not even trying to be like, it's so big, but on, it's like, <laughs> it's a little over 3000 square feet, like 3,050 and uh, plenty of space. If we wanted to have more kids, we're not planning on having more kids, but if we wanted to, we have that option. Um, But we bought it for so, I don't want to say so cheap, very affordable price back in the day. I live in an area where um, we have lived here for five years in September and it has already gained over a hundred thousand dollars in equity in five years. So, um, because everybody wants to be in the area that we are in because of the school district. So if we wanted to move and downsize, even it wouldn't be the same quality as what we have now. And, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, and it would, it just wouldn't be the same. Like it, the, it would not be as nice as what we have now. And it would be cost 100 to $200,000 more than what we spent on this house. Gotcha. So, but yeah, no, it's my husband was like, would you ever get a bigger house than this? And I said, absolutely not. It's too much to clean. <laughs> I was just going to say, how do you do it? Cause we live. Well, we don't, that's the thing. We don't do it. <laughs> that, that answers my question because we're in that process of downsizing. Um, I co-live with my sister and her, her husband and, um, they have a little boy. So it's like, we have two families living in here right now and it's around the same square footage. And it's just like, I don't like, I, I could never do this by myself. Yeah. And I just have one kid and I, you know, I'm like, I don't know how I would keep up with it. Like, no. it's just. It's just, we do try, we do try and like, um, have, have a home, a home for all the things. So if it don't have a home, it's going to the Goodwill or it's going to the garage sale pile. Um, and we, I feel like we're getting better about that, but like, uh, it's just, I mean, we bought this house when we were 27, 26 and 27 years old. So it's like, wow. we're still kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, we plan on living in it until the kids get out of high school, at least just because of where the, where the convenience the location is and stuff, but shoot, every, everything needs to have a home in my house or it goes out the door. I was just going to say, we just podcasted about this, just our reflections on like owning a large home and the things we didn't know before home owning. Like, what would you say one of like some of your takeaways actually like now home owning, like things that you wish you would have known before you bought the house or things that you're like, I, man, I really want to teach my kids this. I'm just fascinated. This this is totally off the cup. I'm sorry, but we just did this topic and I'm like, so intrigued. So, um, first off, like I would just, I'm trying to, like I said, teach my kids, like, you know, if it doesn't have a space in your house, it needs to, we don't need to have clutter. Like you don't need to have all the things. Um, my daughter's room looks like a hurricane went through it right now. And I'm like, man, like when she's older, 
and we're going to start with her now, obviously, but when she's older, I want her to have a space that's like clean, serene, where you can think. Cause like, I can't think in a minute. My office is, is organized. I can't think when there's crap everywhere. Cause all I'm doing is thinking about cleaning it up. Um, and I'm not the most organized person, but I feel like I'm pretty like, I'm like at the bottom level tier of organized. <laughs> if there's tiers, like I'm at the I let level one, but, um, you know, just making sure that my kids know that like, you know, it's just things like we don't need all the, all the stuff. And also too, we need to clean out their tour room and it's not even, it's the grandparents that buy them all the toys. So you got all these toys in the playroom and they go in there and they're like, I don't want to play with any of these because it's so overwhelming, you know? Yeah. They just need like a few choices of toys. So, and I'm, uh, you know, preaching to the choir, like, oh, we have so many toys, but you know, <laughs> like what a problem to have, but I'm like, no, it's annoying. Like, I wish we did not have as much as what we have. No, I, I feel you on that aspect. I hear, I feel fortunate that my mom is like watching the kids. So like she comes in her home and she knows how we are. Like we, we started gifting experience like three years ago. Oh, I love that. I would love it. It was a very slow transition. And anyone's like, how do you get your parents? Like, how did you get your grandparents and stuff to do that? I'm like, it just takes time. And you just have to be kind about it. And just, if they give us gifts, we accept it. But we just keep reiterating like, hey, these are the things that like Lucille loves doing. Like the aquarium, the zoo. Yes, and girl. I'm working. On that train. Because we pay, Nora Grace goes to camp uh, in the summertime. And that's that's a hefty dollar that wow. we have to save up for. And I wish, I wish, I would love if my parents pitched him for that instead of getting her all the things that she plays with for 2.5 seconds. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I would love it. Uh, yeah. Um, or soccer. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm telling you, it is possible. It is so possible. Oh, because yeah. I need to get on that train. Whew. Um, But yeah, no, I, I hear that from a lot of my friends. Like, I don't know what to do. Like the grandparents keep giving me more clothes, more, more toys, more toys. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty open and honest about it. And obviously we have a podcast about like the whole process of us doing it. So it's one of those things, like we really can't hide it. Like they listen to our episodes and like, Oh, <laughs> this is all about decluttering. So we probably shouldn't give them any more things. <laughs> so it's like kind of a cool thing. They listen to right. the podcast. So it's like, Oh, like they already know our thoughts on this. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Oh, so I want to, I agree with you on the organized thing. Like for me, like I'm the same tier as you. And I find that I don't have to be organized if I don't have a lot of stuff. So that helps me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> girl. Yeah. My husband, I'm horrible at organizing. Well, yeah. And that's not even like, uh, it's just, my husband keeps all the junk. Like I'm looking in our office, we share. And I was trying to share an office with him with my try-ons. And I was like, nope, this ain't going to work. So I moved my mirror back into my guest bedroom. Cause it's just more aesthetically pleasing and cleaner in there. Mm. But I'm looking at the corner right now and I'm like, Oh my God, just so much crap everywhere. But he says he needs it. So I guess we'll keep it. <laughs> I love that you have your like, try on space. I didn't even think about that. You have like the racks of clothes and like the mirror, you know, whole setup. Yeah. Yep. Love it. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Um, I'm currently watching, I can't believe I'm admitting this, but I'm watching Summer House. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Summer it's House, such no. a horrible, dramatic show. But one of the girls Perfect. is like an Instagram influencer fashion and she goes away to the Hamptons for a month and you should see the amount of clothes oh, she brings. I, and now, watch like, that. I wonder who it is. Uh, I, you might know her, but anyway, it's called Summer House. And I need to watch it on Netflix. No, it's not Netflix. It's on something on cable. Bravo. It's on Bravo. Yeah, I have YouTube TV. I we don't have Netflix anymore, but yeah, she's I forgot her name, but she I'll has like all of these clothes. And that's all I think about when you say that. I'm like, I just think about like the racks of shoes she brings. And, yeah, girl. Uh, I have Poshmark sales, so that's that's a perk, but <laughs> Poshmark. I is that when you like sell used clothes or is it new clothes? Uh, it could be both. So, um, okay. I had a recent Poshmark sale. I try and do them 
try really hard to do them once a month. And then, you know, my, my audience gets to shop for my closet. So at a way discounted price. Mm -hmm. Wow. I got to dive into that because there's like things that I want to get rid of. And I'm like, they're in really good condition. And part of it is like, I guess I get so frustrated with when I get to a certain point that I just put everything in a bag and I just send it on its way to purple heart or, or donate it somewhere. And no, but I, I would be really cool to, to know, like, to like meet the person or like to see who's actually going to, to be like, wow, I'm, it's yeah. kind of cool to see my one item that I really enjoyed, but maybe I've just like, I don't feel it anymore. I've grown out of it or, yeah. you know, and just to send it on its way. It's kind of like probably a good feeling to like, it's going to a good home. Like you get yeah, to see for sure. and they where love it goes. It. yeah. My audience loves the Poshmark sales and I'm like, go, go on with your bad self, girl. I love it. Uh, is that easy to set up and do, or is it kind of, um, I will say it's a lot. It takes a lot of, it, I don't want to okay. say it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to like take the photos. Cause you want to make sure they're staged properly to like really sell the item. Gotcha. Um, because they don't want to buy something that's like, doesn't look awesome on rack, but it's, and I'll, I have an advantage too, because of my Instagram account. So people will be like, Oh, I love that shirt that you wore. Like I need to have it, but I don't want to yeah. spend X amount of money on it. So, um, it's, but no, it's pretty once it's like, it takes a day for me to like take all the photos, uh, uh, input all the data or their information on Poshmark, but, and then like package them up. So it was about a weekend, a weekend job, but it's worth it because you make, you know, making money off of it. So, yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So I guess right now, what are you valuing the most in the season of life? I know you were talking about how, like, it sounded like you have like a coaching, some kind of coaching system going on. And I didn't know like what, I guess right now, are you like, this is what I need right now. Cause this is like helping me so much with like mental space, you know, socially, emotionally, like any of that. So I just need, um, I feel like what I value right now is uh, words of encouragement. And I feel like I'm, I've always, that's my love language is I, I literally like thrive off of like people telling me how awesome I am, I guess. Um, which sounds <laughs> awful, but like, it does it. like I'm going to need for you to tell me like, Hey, you're doing a great job. Or, I like validation. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of that stems from like my upbringing because my dad was not super like, he would be like, Hey, you're doing it, you know, whatever. But like, if I screwed up, like he would absolutely let me know that I screwed up and not a positive way. Mm-hmm. So now looking at my thirties, I'm still like, Oh, I need validation. Like I need you to tell me that I'm doing a good job and whatever. Um, so I feel like I'm valuing that. And then just people like coaching, like I said, coaching me, like my, my coach, Megan McQueen from bloom into beautiful classroom. Um, she does a great job and she is a Christian. So we have like the same values, which I think is important. And, um, she's super encouraging. And then, you know, just my friends like being like, dude, it's so awesome that you're blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, it looks so awesome from the outside, but like down deep inside, it's like, you know, from the, cause it's so isolating being a blogger is very isolating. So, cause you're talking to your phone all day. You're not talking to, you're not having a conversing with humans in a teacher's lounge anymore, you know, yeah. or Another thing, it's like, you know, I appreciate when people who are Jordan Rush is another girl that I appreciate following. She shares like the good, bad and the ugly on uh, Instagram and saying like, hey, I ain't feeling social media today. And uh, do you know who I'm talking about? Jordan no, Rush? but now it makes me want to like find oh, out who this is. Well, she if she, if that is one thing you need to take away from this Jordan Rush, she's going to be a big hit in the next like she's already a big hit. But that is a girl that I like super get all my inspiration from. She has all the bold colors on her feed, beautiful account, beautiful energy. And she just shares like so many good, good things. And so, and she, like I said, she'll get on there and be like, Hey, I'm not feeling social media today. And it's relatable. That's, you know, so I thrive off of that too. I love, I'm obsessed with her. I never, she's a good person too. So it makes me happy. 
would you say Instagram is helping you connect to a lot of like-minded people since you like got on Instagram? Uh, yes. Yes and no. You got to be careful with like all that stuff. Like there's a couple, I have to mute some people that I follow who I'm friends with. Um, if they don't, it's not even like on purpose. This sounds so awful. They don't like obviously do it on purpose, but if I feel like I'm comparing myself to them a lot or like getting pissed off because I'm not at that level, I got to mute them. And so that, that, that was another thing I was going to say to keep my mind clear. I mute people like not to be mean, but like, I just, I got to do that to protect my mental space. No, I a hundred percent agree. And it's almost like what you said that, you know, people see your life and they're, you're like, yeah, it's not, doesn't always look how it's, how it seems. And if you kind of apply that to other people, like just because it looks that way, right. there could be so many other things going so on behind the curtain. Things. Yeah. Um, you see 15 minutes of my life a day. Like you don't see the whole, like, you know, me, me dragging my kids with our crazy schedules and my son going to speech therapy and all the things, which I'm very appreciative for, but you know, it's, it's crazy around here most of the time. Is there anything that you thought, um, I heard this term on another podcast I listened to, and I thought it was so fascinating when you like go from different jobs, he, this, this person calls it life's um, job sampling. And I thought it was so neat to like, think about, you know, every career, every job that you had, you gain some kind of purpose from it, or you gain some kind of skill to help you. What do you think you gained from teaching that is like, so helping you now and like where you are? So, um, okay. Where I started with teaching, I started uh, at a school that was at the bottom of the barrel in the district. Okay. Which I'm sure you get that coming from a teaching background. The data was low. Um, morale was low teaching environment was low and then, um, you know, no parent support. So I started my teaching career at that school move. I've worked there for a few years. I, um, left the school to go to a, a school that I had never heard of, but it was a huge blessing to me. Um, cause it was at the top of the barrel. It was the top, top data school. Um, great teacher environment, uh, great staff. Like everybody loved teaching there and whatever, blah, 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 experienced people. Um, and so from my low income school, the one that I first started teaching at, I learned how to relate to kids who don't have everything, who don't, um, have parents who speak English. Uh, they have to go to their parents' doctor's appointments and translate for them. And they're, you know, nine, eight, nine years old. And they're translating for an adult, uh, you know, adult, uh, uh, clients or whatever for their parents. And they don't even know what they're saying to their parents medically. And they have to be the ones that are translating for it. So coming from the, the low income background, even though it was not a super awesome teaching situation, I learned how to, uh, have empathy for those kids. Um, knowing, that everything's not sunshine and rainbows at their house and that you have to be empathetic with them and not everything's about academics. Um, Going to my other school that I worked at with the higher income and awesome parent support and awesome teaching morale, um, I learned how to be more professional there. Uh, Grew up, like I grew up at my first school and came, you know, I was a kid when I started, I was 22 years old when I started there. When I went to my other school, I was 25, 26 and uh, learned how to how to be a, a boss lady, but in a professional manner, um, mm. because my principal, like she did not play around, but she was that Southern didn't play around. Like she's going to be nice to you, but she's going to let you know what her feelings are in a professional manner. Um, and so I really appreciate it. And I tell them that all the time. I'm like, thank you so much for teaching me how to handle tough situations in a professional way mm. in a mature way. So that's definitely where I've, what I've learned from both of those experiences. I could totally relate because I'm 
currently teaching at a low income school. And I, I am so in the same boat when you see all of these other issues going on. And it's like the academics are like, it's not in the front and center anymore. It's like, I think there are all these other things that are way more important than, than learning multiplication. Not that I don't think it's important, but I I feel you so much on that. It's just, well, and also too, I mean, I, when I went to my other school, the, the one that was on the other side of the rainbow that I was like, wow, these schools exist. Like people like their job. Um, you know, I had teammates who had worked at that school starting from the get-go, like from their first, first teaching job, they started there. And when you have those teachers who started a really great school like that, which is awesome for them, but they don't, they're lacking that empathy part a little bit. Now, now I'm not telling you, I went in there and I was like, oh, I showed them how to be so empathetic, but like, it just brought a little bit like a, a different perspective to the table because I'd be like, Hey, this kid's parents are never home this kid's parents, they don't speak English or this kid's parents can't afford to send a lunch bag at school, but they're not going to tell you that because they don't want to get the cops called on them. So, and you know, and so I brought that, that little bit of peace to the team. And I feel like, like I said, it didn't like change the world or whatever, but I feel like it brought that little bit of diversity to the team that it lacked a little bit just to help bring a little bit of awareness on like these kids need something extra besides being at the top level of a, of a state testing. Were the parents a lot different at your other school? The higher income school? Mm-hmm. Oh, girl, yes. Absolutely. I was I was always curious to hear because I'm <laughs> I'm so used to working with parents, and this is very in the teaching moment just because we both experienced yeah, it. But I'm always used to working with the parents who, you know, it's very difficult to communicate with them because they're working like three to four jobs, or wow. you know, that the, there's a language barrier, and they're always so grateful, so yes, grateful girl. for that you're there and I think that's probably yes. why I stayed at this school for 12 years because I have grown and loved this community so much. And I feel like I'm so needed and that uh-huh. I actually make a difference. Uh-huh. And I was always, I'm always curious to hear the opposite side of the spectrum because I've never, like I taught private preschool, like when I first started before I got uh-huh. to like public education right. and it was different, but I wasn't in it long enough to really know. So I'm, I'm always fascinated to hear what it was like on the other side, dealing with parents that were so different. So I will say I, um, I loved the parents at my other school that the one that where they were super involved and they were asked to be in the United States of America. They weren't like, you know, they weren't like, you know, sneaking into America, um, per se, or like weren't afraid for the cops to be called on them because they had legal visas. Um, but with that being said, they're very much, they are involved in their kids' lives, but all they care about is how, why doesn't my kid have all A's and they're in third grade, you know, or why, um, just silly piddly things that like other parents from a a lower income school would not worry about. They would be like, Oh my gosh, you're teaching my kids their ABCs. Like, thank you so much. We love you so much. Whereas the higher income school, they're like, Hey, why? Like they're, they're questioning you a lot. Like, why does my kid have a 92.3 and not a 97? Mm. So it's definitely different, um, for sure. And, um, it's, I don't know, there's pros and cons to both. Pros and cons to both. And I feel like, well, it's probably for everybody, but I feel like when I I can relate to teaching since I am in that field, but we're already so hard on ourselves. Uh We always are like judging ourselves, whether it's data or like yourself to other teachers who have that data. data. I I can't imagine like getting parents questioning you too. It's like, I would be always questioning myself. Like, what am I doing with my life? Girl, that's how the last year. Um, okay. I'm trying to think, was it the last, it was last year, best class I had ever had best parents I had ever had. Um, and that is how I knew also how I knew that I needed to leave because I still hated teaching. Um, the year before that I had just had my son, 
uh, was breastfeeding, hormonal, and it was the worst year of teaching that I've ever experienced in the seven years that I had. It was real, real hard. Oh my goodness. So, so without like, I guess saying, I, I don't know how to address it in like kind of like a neutral way, but what was it about teaching that you were just like, I know you mentioned probably like the time factor, but was there anything else that you were just like, I'm over this, this line of work? Like I'm evolving, I'm outgrowing it. Like what was yeah. it really that was showing you that like, I'm ready to move on? So I, my, during Graham's first year of life, he had seven ear infections. And oh I, with that, you have to take off work. And it's not just a day of work. It's sometimes two days of work. It's whatever. So with that, working at a high data rigor, high rigorous school, um, you can't, you, you don't need to be taken off work. You gotta, you gotta make sure those data scores are up. So, um, I knew that I could not the second. So Graham's first year at the end of his first year, he got tubes in his ears. Um, you know, I had taken off work 12 times during that year. Uh, and my data wasn't good. I mean, it was, it was okay. It wasn't too far off, but it wasn't good. It wasn't, it was at the bottom. I worked with nine other teachers and mine was at the probably seventh out of nine. That don't make your heart feel good. So, and then you make it feel like it's your fault for being a mom. Hmm. And then the second year came, Graham, you know, my daughter's going into kindergarten. I was like, this is going to be great. Nora Grace is at school with me. I get to go to her things. And that's not the case. You have to have somebody cover your class. Um, you feel guilty for going to your kid's stuff and you have somebody watching your class and you're not teaching your class at that time, um, you know, and that kind of stuff. And then Graham, it was October and Graham had an ear infection or something going on with him again. And I was getting ready to have an anxiety attack because I didn't want to disappoint my, my faculty, disappoint my team. And it wasn't even coming from them. It was all this pressure I was putting on myself. Cause I'm not kidding. When I work, when I tell you, I worked at the best school, it was the best school in the County with the best faculty, best admin, all the things. And I was putting so much pressure on myself, getting mad at my husband because I had to take off work being so bitter because I had to take off work to be, to be a mom, to do my job as a mom. And, um, so that's when I told my husband, we need to figure something out because I can't do this anymore. And now my son's never sick. <laughs> Isn't that interesting how yeah. like you kind of, kind of, I don't know. You pivoted to make yourself feel better. And then your, yeah. your son started feeling better. Yep. He's not, even sick. He's not been sick once this year, which is a blessing, <laughs> but, um, I like it I, from mentally, I just needed to, uh, step away. Cause I was, I was not a positive person. I would go in there and just feel pissed off at like stupid. Like I'd be like, Oh, they're emailing me again. And I'm like, Amanda, that's they ought to email you to tell you what to do. And it was just so much on your plate. You, they t put all the things on your plate and I'm like, are you going to pay me extra? <laughs> oh, and my data scores are, are my, so I don't know how your County is, but my County is they tie your data scores to your raises every year. So if you don't have a level three percentage rate for your kids, which is, it goes from one to four. If you're, if your kids aren't at that level three, four range, you ain't get a raise. So wow. if my kids aren't, you know, feeling themselves that day or, you know, they slept in that morning because their parents were fighting the night before, and they suck it up on their test or they're missing the test because they're at their grandma's house. That's on me. That's not fair. So I said, well, I can make more money doing a blog and doing real estate. So, and I can have a flexible schedule. <laughs> wow. That's in, that's, that sounds like a lot of pressure. And it makes me look at like high, when you, when you see schools that have, I don't even know where the ratings come from. I'm guessing it's just data. Like when you see stars by their school name, it's just kind of funny to me now because 
I, I see that and doesn't really affect me, but uh-huh. just cause I've been in a school, uh-huh. but it makes you look at those high-end schools, like listening to your, a in, with a lot of perspective changes, like imagine what that teacher's plate looks like and just how to treat the teachers and, you know, how to approach the situation. And it's just not all rainbows and butterflies like no, you think girl, it is. And a lot of pressure. wow. And I have to say, um, this might sound woo woo, but you might kind of be in the same boat, but I don't, I think that I believe in miracles that like as you were making yourself feel better that your son got better. I feel like there is totally yeah. a connection with your energy being a different way and your yeah. son's energy being a different way because like, so, they learn everything from us. They pick up on everything yeah. from us. Like I think that was some synchronicity and some really fucking awesome synchronicity of good yeah, shit I didn't going even, your way. I didn't even think about it until I was talking to you and I was like, he hasn't been sick at all this year. And all he got, um, he wasn't talking because of his ear infection. So he had to start speech therapy at the beginning of COVID last year, like we were, got them all evaluated and he got qualified for it literally as COVID was happening. So, um, I, there ain't no freaking way I could have done all the therapy stuff with him with being a teacher. Ain't no freaking way. So I said, Nope, bye. The Lord was protecting me. Wow. <laughs> wow. So. Your, your kids must see you and be like, damn, my mom's kick ass. Look at her go. Like she gets to do what she wants. She makes up her own hours. Like I would look at you and be like, this is awesome. Like to be oh, like yeah. a kid and to see you as my role model, it would make me see that it would make me feel like I could do anything, like anything I wanted to be like, I know it sounds cliche, like you can be anything you want to be, but seeing how you like do what you like, you make it happen. I and I think that's so amazing. Be, yeah. Well, I hope And I, right now it's a, it's a lot of work um, because it's the beginning of, it's still the beginning stages of my blog and my real estate business. But no, I mean, the kid, I asked my daughter, I'm like, you know, what's your favorite part about me not being a teacher anymore? And she was like, well, you get to take me to school. And beforehand, Nora Grace was being thrown out my classroom to go to her classrooms. <laughs> now I get to, now she, you know, I'd be like, oh, I got to go to car duty. You got to go to classroom. And I could never walk her to school. And now I get to drop her off and pick her up. And it's not, you know, it's sometimes it's a little crazy with our schedules because my husband, it's a lot, it's a lot on me because my husband's schedule is crazy, but um, they're with me a lot. So. Do you have any help or is it just school? It's and just they us of all of our families from Missouri, all we're both from Missouri. And so we live here and so, but we do have a drop in childcare uh, right up the street from us. That is a huge blessing for us. And they know us by name. That's awesome. Um, so what made you guys now I'm backtracking. What made you guys move to the area in now, if your family's so far away? So um, we went to college here. Sorry, my son's trying to close the door. Kid. Love you. See. Okay. So um we okay, come here. We can just sit on my lap. So we went to college in Nashville at a small Bible college. Um and now oh okay, so Hi. The t- oh she can't Hi, speak. how are you? Oh, you wanna go with daddy? <laughs> Sorry, girl. They're good. They're wrong, um, so anyway, so we went to, we moved here for college. Uh, my husband went to school for missions and then I follow, I was the girl that followed him to college. Um, so, um, we were at that point, like once we graduated, we were at that point where we were like, Hey, am I going to have a teaching job here? Um, are we going to move back to Missouri, whatever? And so I ended up getting a teaching job here because the money was better in Nashville. Um, and then my husband graduated and he, st- he valeted at the Hilton downtown for like a cu- the first couple of years. Um, and we bought our hat. Like since we had, a, since I had a job here, we decided to buy, purchase a house. 
And then our realtor told Steven, my husband, that his home inspector was retiring and like we could need we need more home inspectors and that Steven would be great at it because he's so personable and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so then Steven started his home inspection business. And then here we are now. Isn't that so crazy how it fell in place like that? It, yeah, it's freaking crazy. Do you have any desire to go back home or you're like, no, Tennessee is, <sighs> this is where it is. So, um, I'm not going to lie in Christmas time, we had, we were, you know, we go home to see our families at Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I told my kids are getting older and it's harder to leave. It's harder to leave and explain to my kids like, Hey, our lives financially are better in Nashville and whatever. Um, and so I told my husband, I was like, I think I kind of want to move back to Missouri. And he, so then it, we're always on the opposite. Like it'll be me one time and then it'll be Steven one time. And he was like, babe, like if we did that, it would have to be permanent. Like we'd have to be hundred percent sure. Cause like I said, we wouldn't be able to buy our house that we have now for the same price. It would be quadruple the cost or whatever. So I said, okay, so we're looking at homes. Um, I talked to one of my best friends and she was like, you have to think about long-term. Are you all going to want to be there after your parents go on to the great beyond? No, like we just, we don't love Missouri that much. And so uh, I don't have super awesome memories in Missouri from my childhood. And so it's just, this is our new legacy that I want to start. And uh, it, we don't, we live like four and a half, five hours away. So it's not super far. Um, and then like this a couple of weeks ago, Steven's like, oh, I kind of want to move back to Missouri. And I'm like, no, we're not moving. Now I'm like, no, we're not moving back. Like we're staying put. <laughs> so um, it's, it's, it's hard at some points. I mean, there's some stuff that we can't go to because we do live five hours away, but most of the time we can get there. So I love that how you said we're leaving our legacy here. It, it kind of like we're imprinting, we're imprinting this area. Like we're leaving, we're leaving a piece of us here. Like, yes, like <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, we do, we genuinely love Tennessee. Like it's like, I love where we live at. Like it's just better opportunities here. I mean, we're only seven, eight hours away from the beach. Like whereas Missouri, you're 12 hours away from the beach, which is so stupid, but like, I just, we, we genuinely like it here. Like, I'm like, I wish my family would move to Tennessee because we, we like Tennessee more. So <laughs> it's just nicer. It's nice here. Tennessee is definitely on our bucket list. And I don't know if I mentioned to, I mean, that was a long time ago we chatted, but when we first started interviewing, the reason why we started interviewing for a podcast, because before it was just Nick and I just like talking about our lives, things we were doing. Uh -huh. And then I was like, I really want to like meet and connect with people that are like-minded and inspire me and just like find out their story. So the whole reason for doing was that so we could like travel and meet them in person. Yeah. So we went to St. Louis to Missouri okay. and that was the first time. And it was for the podcast. I'll never forget it because I was like, I can't believe we're on our plane right now flying to do this for the podcast. Like yeah. we don't make money from the podcast. This is just like our wonderlust, what wonderluster, like fun project that we started. Yeah. And it's, I love St. Louis. and we had such a ball there. We connected, um, and she ended up becoming my business coach, the person who I hired and she's from Missouri, go. but it was yeah. so crazy. And, you know, I hope one day, like if we ever go to Tennessee, though, I reach out to Amanda and be like, Hey girl, yes, <laughs> tell me where to stay. Absolutely. What should we do? Because yeah. in the perfect world, I would be seeing you in person in Tennessee because it was like this, this reason to like go out out of our box and like yeah, meet people sure. and travel. So yeah, it's so wild that you're from there because I had never been there until then. And I'm like, this place is pretty cool. Like the area yeah. we're staying at was really fun. It had this big park where Lucille and I could like go run around. Um, and there was yeah. like, a coffee shop, like nook in this community that we're in. It was just a really great experience and a memory. Yeah, I love St. Louis. I, that's that's where I grew up with St. Louis. And then my I graduated high school from a small town in, uh, an hour south of St. Louis. But that's where that's my roots. Mm. So. so funny. 
Uh, okay. So you may have mentioned this a little bit, but what is a typical day? I know all days are not the same. Um, but what, <laughs> and you kind of told me your morning routine. So like, after you like wake up, do like your workout, your, your journaling and all that amazing things. Like what is a, a usually typical day look like for you? Like logistically. So typically, um, on days that I'm not like running around, uh, showing homes and stuff like that. Uh, cause t- honestly, I do a lot of real estate on the weekends. Like that's typically like during the week time, I'm like following up with my leads in the morning, just by emailing them or texting them and sending them whatever listings are up. Um, so I'll do that in the mornings. And, um, then I, the afternoons I engage on my Instagram and then I also like film, film my reels slash TikToks. um, <laughs> during the afternoon time before I have to get my kids and stuff like that. So, and then I'm storying IG stories all day long, but that's typically what it looks like. And then I go get the kids from school, but, and you know, that's pretty, I feel like that's pretty consistent. Do you have any downtime for yourself where you can just like rest and be? Oh, today is literally my downtime that I have. Like I have this interview with you and then uh, me and Steven, it's so beautiful outside today. So we are, uh, he has to go get like a, something for his business, a radon test from one of his homes that he's at, but and then we're just going to chill out and I don't know what else we're going to do today, but I'm like in my jammies, like loungewear, <laughs> chilling out today. Cause I told, and it's crazy. Cause it's like, I'm not quote unquote, like making money on all every day, all day, every day, but I'm doing, I feel like something for one of the other businesses every single day. And I love it. I, 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 I genuinely love it. I'm like, that's how you know that like you're where you're supposed to be at us because it's not work quote unquote, if you love what you, you know what I'm saying? That cheesy mm-hmm. phrase where if you love what you do. It's not a job. So that's where I'm at right now. I feel like. Yeah. And I've, I 100% agree that like, there's different types of stress. There can be like anxiety, ridiculous stress where you yeah. like hate everything about it. Or there could be the good stress where you're like, this is something that needs to get done by I'm like motivated by it. It lights yeah. me up. Like, so <laughs> I need to be better. I was batching out content last week. Cause I don't, I don't know if you would be interested in this, but it's called the thrive podcast. And it's about blogging. Like it'll, they're talking about blogging and like how to just be your like organized and the business side of it. And so I've been listening to them lately and uh, I was batching out my blog post for the week because I'm really going to, I'm doing a pivot with my Instagram blog and where I start out with my blog post first and then branch out to Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok. Mm. Uh, just because I feel, and I'm like, I'm kicking myself in the butt because I've been killing myself doing these Instagram posts, but really I need to be doing the blog post first. Yeah. And then going into Instagram and TikTok and uh, Pinterest. And I'm like, as a teacher, I should know, should have known that to have, you know, your, your big thing first. And then like your marketing things last and my coach and me were dying about that last week. Cause she's done told me that all, a thousand and one times, but I just it, needed to hear it differently from somebody else, I guess. No, my business coach told me that too. Just like the life of like content where it lies longer. And it's like teaching, like Nick and I did a podcast episode about back mapping our lives. Like start with the big picture first. Like yeah. we always do that in school. Like let's, let's look at the assessment and we'll back right. map our standards. And I'm right. like, yeah, whatever. But it like, it's so true. Like you think about big picture, like where you want to be or what you want to do. Yeah. And then you kind of like organize Instead it in a way. My Instagram post to create a blog. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? So this week is like, I'm going to start, I have my blog post, um, outlined. I have four, four blog posts that I'm posting next week and I got to type them out, um, some point today and tomorrow, but I I'm like excited about doing that. They're all outlined and beautiful. And I'm excited to go that way rather than like honing in on Instagram because I don't own Instagram. I own my domain, you know? Absolutely. So. The email list they always say is like, Build your yes. And that's, yeah, definitely something that has been going pretty, pretty, uh, consistent over here. So, all right. One, like uh, another question that's totally off the cuff, but how do you make time for you and your husband? 
So um, we actually talked about that today. I said, why don't we go downtown? Because Nashville has so many restaurants that are so good and just fancy. And we've never been to like a fancy restaurant before. I've been to fancy restaurants with my girlfriends. But me and Steven, I mean, we like chilies <laughs> or Applebee's <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, so I told him, I said, why don't we like get dressed up and go downtown and go explore Nashville? Because people ask me like, where should we eat? And I'm like, I don't know. We go to like Olive Garden. <laughs> so I think we're actually going to do that tonight. We're going to drop the kids off at um, me time and then maybe go get, uh, actually, I think we're going to do that tomorrow night. But anyway, we're planning on like, we just have to really carve it out um, for me time and like, just drop the kids off at the drop-in childcare, and we go out. And before COVID, we saw movies and stuff, but now we, you know, or or and also too with my schedule, we go and have lunch dates. So That's so sweet. It's so awesome, girl. Like me and Stephen both having self-employed, it's great. Like when people say they have an hour lunch break, and as you know, as a teacher, what it's is like that life like yeah. What I like I get to live it. <laughs> I get to have grown-ups. Like I don't have to rush back, rush back to get my kids from the cafeteria. Right. Uh and I've been kind of <laughs> I've been kind of spoiled during the pandemic because teaching at home, like I can rearrange my schedule since it's mm-hmm. like all online. And Nick and I have been doing these date, t- we've been doing Thursday latte dates, and it's been so phenomenal. Yes, girl. Like once a week we go out and just go for a drive. Sometimes Lucille's with us. Sometimes she stays at home, but just like to get out of the house for an hour and just have that time to chat or just sit in silence. Like it's just, it's phenomenal. So, and we also, I feel like me and Steve do like both of, he has reports that he does at nighttime, but honestly, like we'll sit there and we'll watch a movie. Cause that's our thing. We love watching movies and like cutting back and forth, like what movie line makes us laugh the most and whatever. (laughs) So when the kids go to bed, that's our like date nights as well as like, we'll, we'll be together after they go to bed and stuff like that. So, so cute. All right. What's, what is one of your favorite movies or one of the recent movies that you're like, you have to see this because it's like really amazing. Oh, Sorry to put you on the spot, but like your movie lover, I need to hear because I don't like, uh, I feel like Mike and Dave need what Mike and Dave need wedding dates is one that me and Steven quote quite a bit. Um, wedding crashers is another one. Like Steven's that's not his favorite, but like, that's, I crack up every time I watch it. And then I feel like those classic, uh, rom-coms. Cause I, that's what we're doing on Valentine's Day. We're talking about those rom-coms, like uh, how to lose a guy in 10 days. <laughs> yeah. And fun one. So, but I don't really have any like newish ones that I was like, man, I love this movie. No, but I love hearing the classics too. Like my mom's favorite movie right now is Hall Pass and I laughed. <laughs> oh really? I've not seen that one. Oh my God, girl, you've got to see Hall Pass. Is that the one with Emma Stone? No. Um, oh. The girl from The Office is in it, uh, Pam. Okay, okay. She's in it. One of the Owen brothers is in it. You have got to see it. Yes. It is, you, for one of your date nights, like you have to watch it. It's going to make you laugh your ass off. It's hysterical. We watch, uh, we we love uh, Shit's Creek too. I've heard amazing things and I, I think I've watched one episode on a bachelorette party. Like it was just on the TV, yeah. but I have not actually sat oh down and watched gosh, it. Oh my gosh, yes. That, yes, absolutely. 20 out of 10. Me and Steven quote that daily. <laughs> love it all right now i have uh some things to like get on my queue whenever i have some time to like binge some tv um um, i'm not sure if you mentioned this but i guess right right now what are you currently working on that you're like super enthusiastic about um so i have like i said i started that agency working with that agency a couple weeks ago so i'm really excited about that because um just because i've not had time to like sit down and like pitch myself to brands and so the agency's working on that. And so I'm excited to like start really working the blog, like really working and creating content for different marketing purposes. And um, 
and then the, like the, the situation with my blog where I'm changing it from like starting at the blog post and then marketing it using those, like the Instagram and TikTok and um, Pinterest. So that's definitely something. And then just like, like, I guess like life-wise um, making my house, like not looking like a hurricane 24 seven all the time. <laughs> Cause summers is coming up and we're going to be doing like little house projects, like outside and stuff. So Love it. I love that you get to curate your own professional development. You know, like as a teacher, you're like, you're forced to like, this is what you have to learn. But now you'd be like, so I'm going to hire this coach because I want to learn about it's so neat that you get to like pick what you want to enhance your your brain about to like Mm -hmm. what, you know, I love that so much. Like you get to pick your own curriculum of like, what I want to do instead of this is what they're told to do. So I think that's so rad. (laughs) Uh, All right. Um, We're getting close to the end. Um, So what is we always like to leave, like I'm obsessed with words as it sounds like words are powerful because you have your little word journal, but um, yeah. what's one quote that resonates with you in this season of life? Um, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. Oh, my friend Jennifer, who I taught with, uh, that was her quote, I guess, a couple of years ago. And I was like, I love it because it's, it's so true. If it doesn't challenge you, if you're not getting challenged, that means it's too easy for you. Mm. Yeah, work, pump it up a little bit. Love it. I'm and I feel like this season of life, I'm very challenged right now. And it's, and you would think like that would bog me down and it, it does get draining. I feel like sometimes, but it's been, this has been the most challenging season of my life. I feel like with Graham, my son is super challenging with his uh, strong willedness and him being two. Um, <laughs> yes. We're you know, the two club together. <laughs> oh my gosh, girl. It's a lot. He's crazy. But, um, he, he's his own challenge over there. Like he's in his own category. And then, uh, <laughs> And, you know, just in this new phase of life where I'm at home, like I'm at home and I'm making sure that I'm being purposeful of my schedule every day and not scrolling on Instagram and not just because that's what that's what makes the social media job hard because I want to be a millennial. I want to be a millennial on Instagram and not a blogger on Instagram sometimes where I do want to freely scroll. But I'm like, this is wasting my time. <laughs> I love that the whole like and it makes you come across like if you are in like a huge challenge. Like we're like, Oh my God, I'm being tested. It's like, wait, but I'm going to be transformed because this yeah. is doing something to me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that I'm going to be better on the outside. Yeah. So that's a great way to like process even going through the twos. Cause man, I, I've heard of three major, like Lucille's vocabulary right now. She has started talking at the age of one, like fluently. Fluent my sen- oh my God. Yeah. Nora Grace was like that, which kind of puts us in a bind too, with Graham because Graham's not like that. And so that's why he's in speech right now. But I, with Nora Grace, I was like, uh, cause she's our oldest. So I was like, Oh, this is how it's supposed to be. Well, with Graham, he's like average student, like average child. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, something's wrong. But my doctor would be like, no, it's cause he's a boy. And I'm like, ah, something's still wrong. So now he's in speech and he's not shutting up. So that's good. But yay. <laughs> he's not shutting up. That's a great yeah, problem to have, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so usually at the end of all of our episodes too, we like to leave some kind of like action, actionable thing, like something small you can do to like implement in your life right away. So if you could like give one small actionable tip that, you know, in order to live a more intentional and happier life, like what would that be? Write down what you need to do. Have your two, three things, three top priority things that have to get done that day. And then, you know, obviously have the whatever other things below that, but you need to make sure you got your top three priority ones at the top and then make sure those get done. And then the rest you can do. Those are like, you're eh, not going to stress over those if they don't get done. Mm, what are usually your top three priorities? Like they seem this similar every day. Um, laundry is a top priority. Um, Cause that stresses me out. And then um, following up with people definitely. And then, Ooh, what's the third one being intentional with Steve probably. 
Oh, just making sure, which sounds super cheesy, but mm-hmm. with our love languages, his is, his is physical touch and mine's absolutely not physical touch. Like I could leave, go without it. Yeah. I just, whatever. So I gotta, I have to be really conscious about making sure he feels loved that day because, um, that's important. So that's interesting. Cause your top three priorities are, so it's love work and your home. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. So this may maybe TMI, but Nick and I have to schedule when we're going to have sex. I was just curious. Do you know <laughs> anybody else after. out there? Like, I'm telling you, like, I feel like I have to write that shit down in my planner, like sexy no. time. I call it. I write sexy time because I'm like, yeah. if I don't plan it, it doesn't happen. And I know Girl. my husband's the same way. It must be like a male thing. I think a lot of males want physical touch. So I yeah. know that's important, but I was like, this might be TMI, but like, how no, do you, like, do you have to plan for it too? Or is it just something that like, so, if it happens, it happens. If not, it's not. So honestly, okay. So being real, like we thought we would be having it more with me being at home, but I've been busier since I've been at home because of my jobs. And like I said, real estate's quote unquote flexible, but it's, it's really not flexible. Like I'm gone. This is the first Saturday I've been home and I actually had to like not answer any leads and all the things. Cause I have to like be intentional about that. But Anyway, so I am going to, this is what I'm going to start doing is like putting a heart on the calendar for like when we have done it to make sure that like, okay, I've met that need for um, the week or whatever. And it's not even like a number. Um, And I don't know if you've heard of this couple, but like uh, Vanessa, I'll have to send it to you. It's Vanessa Moreno or something. I don't know, but she's a sex therapist and I've been like watching her stuff occasionally, but, um, no, I don't like schedule it, but I have to be super conscious about like, okay, when was the last time? Cause I'll be like, Oh, we had it last week. We're good. And Steven will be like, I'll be like, Oh, we had sex twice last week. And he's like, no, babe, we had it once. And he can like, he can tell me the time, the date, the, when we did it, how we did it. And I'm like, Oh, re-, like I didn't, I just don't realize it. And I tell him, I'm like, it's not because I don't love you. It's because I just don't, that's not my love language. So it's not at the forefront of my brain. And I have to make a conscious effort of doing that because that's, if I told him, I actually told him this this morning, I said, you, me doing that for you and making sure that that is met is the same as him making sure he's telling me how awesome I am or how, how great of a job I'm doing with the laundry or how great of a job I'm doing as a mom. Like I, I need that from him and he does that for me. And if he didn't do that for me, it's the same thing as me withholding his love language. And it's just crazy to, if you put it in that term, it's easier to want to do that stuff because it'd be, it's be like me, him taking away all that stuff to me. That's so true. And that's so rad that you guys have those like honest conversations. Cause I feel like if you don't like, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And Nick is the exact same way with sex. And yeah, it just made me laugh. I'm like nodding my head over here. Like, yeah. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Uh, And I actually do the same thing. I put hearts by anything that's like, well, it's actually the opposite. I don't do hearts for sex nights, but I do hearts for self-care. So it reminds me of like when I took care of myself and if I don't have enough hearts on my calendar, I'm like, all right, this is why I'm feeling like my bucket is like drained because I didn't take 10 minutes to like, just go sit and just be. And, um, but I, I, I used to do those symbols too. It was like stars were for like connection time with friends, hearts. And there's something about pictures. Like if you see symbols, it's like, it catches your eye automatically. And you're like, wow, this month was a great month because look at all the stars or look at all the hearts. So, um, I totally dig the whole symbols for representing things. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Love it so much. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're, we're at the end now. Um, I guess, can you share what, where other people can find your positive rad ass self who is phenomenal? Where can they find you if they want to connect with you and just hear more of your beautiful, uh, voice? <laughs> <laughs> so I am at pretty little style blog on Instagram. 
and that's pretty much across all channels. Um, I'm heavily on Instagram and TikTok. And then um, my DMs are always open. I feel like that's important to tell people too, because people are like, bloggers never respond to my DMs. Girl, my DMs are never full. So you can always uh, send me a DM. (laughs) And yeah. Yeah. Yay. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. I so appreciate you doing this. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, folks. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Amanda. And that's going to do it for today's episode. If you like this episode, please do us a favor and help us spread the message. You could do this by writing review or simply sharing this episode with a friend. And remember, sharing sparks a conversation, conversation leads to action, and action is how we're able to live a happy and intentional as hell lifestyle. We want to thank you all for listening today, and we will see you again next week. See y'all later.